Let, let's pray. Oh God, as we continue in the spirit of worship and we want to engage the scripture lesson, we ask for your guidance and we pray for your presence, O oh Lord, to continue to be with us throughout this service. We pray for an openness of heart and mind uh, so that we are formed by your spirit and the nature of Christ. And we ask this in your name. Amen. A little over a decade ago, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers. And I'm sure many of you read the book, um, or at least some, some level of, of notice of it. Uh, it was on the bestsellers list for, for a long time. And, and even if you didn't read the book, you might be familiar with one of the principles. Uh, one of the chief principles of the book is what we call the 10,000-hour rule. And what Gladwell said is that it takes about 10,000 hours of dedication and work to become an expert in a field. And the idea is it doesn't matter what field it is. If you put forth either 40 hours a week of work and dedication for five years or 20 hours a week of work and dedication for 10 years, then at the end of that period of time, you're going to be to some degree an expert in whatever field that you're devoting yourself to. Is that true? I mean, do you believe this? I mean, I hope so to some degree, at least for me. Uh, I told the uh, 9 o'clock service, each year I, I set goals for myself professionally. I set goals for myself uh, personally. And, and I'm counting on this, uh, to at least to some degree, this 10,000-hour rule uh, on some of my personal goals. I, to, if I give myself to hard work and dedication, uh, one of my goals is, is I want to become a better golfer. Now, I'm a solid C golfer on my best day. Uh, and the reason why is because the A golfers and the B golfers, they put in more work than I do. They hit more golf balls. They play more golf. And, and they're dedicated to, to their hobby more than I am. And, and so my, my golf game yields what my golf game yields. And that's a solid C golfer. But I want to lower my handicap, at least that's one of my goals for this year, by about three strokes around. Uh, and so I know that if I put forth maybe not 10,000 hours, but put some level of dedication into it, I hope that works. If not, I've probably got a lot of explaining to do at my home. Another one of my goals, I want to become healthier. And so every time I go see one of my, one of my physicians, Whenever I ask them about becoming healthier, they will tell me basically the 10,000-hour dedication rule. It says if you devote more of your life, your time, and your energy about what you put in your mouth, what you eat, what you drink, if you exercise more, if you stretch more. By the way, I was reminded of that trying to get up from the children's sermon, the whole concept of stretching. Uh, if I do that, 10,000 hours, or if not 10,000, some levels of, of hours, then it's going to yield something in my life. So on that level, maybe Malcolm Gladwell, he was right. 10,000 hours of work and dedication will create a certain yield. But what about a changed nature? Now in the church, we call that transformation. Does the 10,000 hour work, that principle, does it work with changing your nature? To say it differently, if I put forth, or if you put forth 10,000 hours of work, will you become like Jesus? Is that true? 
I mean, on some level, we would have to say, well, maybe, Shane, because you talk often about spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines, there are about 15 of them. They're all gifts that God has given to the church. And some of them are external, some are internal, some of them are individual, some are corporate or, or communal. And the idea is that if you give yourself in this disciplined lifestyle, these gifts that God has given us, then they're going to produce a certain yield inside the life of a person. And so maybe on one level, we might say, yeah, that might be an answer to this question. But I will tell you what I've discovered about my own life personally and what I've observed in 26 years of ordained ministry is the answer to that question when it comes to transformation is a resounding no. No amount of hours of dedication can really change the nature of a person. What's woven deep into the heart, what's woven deep into the nature, into the soul. This was Paul's argument to the church at Rome. Paul said you could take the human condition and it's, it's connected to something that misses the mark. The Greek word there is armartia. And if you think of pulling back an arrow and shooting an arrow at a target and, and trying to hit a target but continually missing that target, then you get the concept of what Paul is describing when it comes to the human condition. So it's connected to things. Armartia, we often translate that sin. To say it differently is nobody has to learn to be envious or jealous or prideful or greedy. It's like the moment we take Breath one, we understand those concepts. St. Augustine, very intelligent theologian at the end of the fourth century, the way he described it, he said, it's like the nature is tainted. And there's something about the nature that misses the mark. James, the brother of Jesus, he didn't use the word tainted. What he used was the concept of temptation. He said, often people think temptation is something that's external, as if there's all these external things that are evil, and, and they naturally pull somebody into temptation. James said, no, it's actually the other way around. He said, what's on inside the person doesn't need something external to pull it. You can take something that's morally neutral, and there's something inside the person that will take that and want to corrupt it. He said, because that pulls from the heart. It's from the very own nature. And so Paul said, you could take something that's good like the law. That's what John read. When he mentioned the law, which what we need to think is commandments. Commandments were given to help people to keep it between the lines. By commandments, we mean all the thou shalls and the thou shall nots. And let's just assume for the sake of this sermon that we want to keep those commandments. What we discover is that we can't. It's like we're punching four levels above our weight. We might get it right for a day or maybe a week, but not long term. Because what doesn't exist is the ability. And Jesus was aware of this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, uh, he left the 12, the 12 or maybe a good, good portion away, and 
And then he took three, Peter, James, and John. He said, I'm going to, you know, I want you to stay next to me. I want you to pray. And I'm going to, I'm going to slide over just a, maybe a few yards away from you. And, and, and they fell asleep. And three times in the, in the evening of his prayer, he, he, back at the disciples, he said, can't you watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation? And he gives commentary. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. So even if we have a desire to be like Jesus, extremely limited. Lack the ability to follow through. And then Paul in chapter 7. A level of honesty that would really make some of us so uncomfortable. He's that just brutal honesty in chapter 7. What Paul wrote, he says, I do not understand what I do. He says, I don't understand even my own nature. For what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. He says, it's like there's something foreign that lives inside of me. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And then maybe in a moment of desperation, he penned these words. Oh, what a wretched person I am. Who can ever rescue me? I think everybody in this room, we know what Paul was writing. 10,000 hours of work and dedication can't solve this. And so what do we do? Where's the hope? And if Romans ended at chapter 7, I would tell you there is, there wouldn't, there's no hope. But something happens when we move to chapter 8. And what we see in chapter 8, and this is what we would call the good news, and, and frankly, it is 100% why I'm a Christian. Because what Paul wrote was for what the law, and again, think the camp commandments, or you can insert my ability to keep the thou shalt, or to stay away from the thou shalt nots. He said, where that is powerless because of one's nature, God did something in sending His Son, Jesus, that the righteous requirement sometime, sometime, somehow is met in us because of Him. I'm not sure if Paul had this concept in his day. What he's describing is a spiritual infusion of Christ by God inside the nature of the person. And that's the gospel game changer. Where we can't, he can and actually did. And in that, it's like God hijacks a person's nature and scrapes off that inability and then infuses himself into the life of the person 
that actually creates something that's different, new. And not only does it form a new nature, it begins in the person the ability for moral transformation. The way Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, is a person becomes a new creation. That old inability scraped away. Infusion, and now a new being. Where now it's not just my nature, it's my nature and the nature of Christ. And this begins that work that has a certain end in mind. So where 10,000 hours of dedication couldn't move the needle before, now it can. It's like God plows up the soil of your soul. And plant seeds of Christ, the gospel, inside of your soul. And where 10,000 hours or 20,000 hours couldn't move the needle before the plowing up, now the 10,000 hours is like watering those seeds. And they grow. And they blossom. And eventually... Fruition. One of the best things about my job is uh, all the baptisms that we have in our church. And normally I'll get a call from, from a parent and they'll say, okay, Shane, what's the age that the, the baby needs to be or the child needs to be in order for, you know, for us to, 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 for the child to be baptized? And, and the answer is really just as soon as, you know, any time after they can hold their head up to whenever you're ready. And so that's probably somewhere between eight, maybe nine, ten weeks to, to maybe a year or so. And, and what I always think about is after we baptize uh, uh, that baby is what's going to take place in that baby's life over the next few months. Not just spiritually, I'm talking about physically. It, you know, when they're just learning to hold their head up and then eventually they'll learn to to, to sit up and they tripod it, you know, where they just kind of keep their hands out and try to balance themselves so it doesn't fall over or fall back. And, and the parent's there to guide. And then, and then eventually they start crawling. And then from crawling, they'll, they'll, they'll crawl to something. They pull them step, themselves up. And, and, and then the parent's there waiting and guiding and holding. And then, and then eventually they get ready to walk. And this is always the coolest thing. Because what do you do as a parent or a grandparent? Stick your fingers out. Baby grabs your fingers, and what do you do? You gently guide them into taking steps. And then after a while, they don't need the fingers anymore. Then they walk on their own. Then eventually they run. After God plows up the soul of your heart, the 10,000 hours, it's like learning to walk, little by little. And then eventually, learn to run. And the whole way, God, through His Spirit, you're holding His hand.
If I had to guess, there are two types of people in this sanctuary today. One type of person is going to be the one who you understand fully the 10,000 hours don't work. And you have the scars on your heart to prove it. We don't like to admit it. But if there's a scripture passage that we are fully aware of, it's Paul's writing with, I don't understand myself. What I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, that's what I do. Because it's like something foreign that lives inside of me. Oh, what a wretched person I am. Who can rescue me? And so for some of you, you understand this passage fully. So then the question to you would be, would you be willing to allow God to plow up the soil of your, your nature and implant himself inside of you? like seeds to grow. And then there's another type. That's the type that understands the plowing. But what you need to do now is embrace the 10,000 hour rule with dedication and discipline. Both are needed. You just have to get the order right. That's the Easter message. And the reason why we celebrate the resurrection. You don't have to do this by yourself. And you definitely don't have to carry the scars on your heart. And for that, thanks be to God. Lord, as we read this passage and we think about this day and all the joy and the celebration and the fun and the times with friends and family, the deeper message is transformation. So whether we find ourselves as one who needs infusion or the one that needs dedication. Either way, oh God, we're just tired of doing it by ourselves. And if there's going to be a real and a lasting transformation, it really does have to start with you. And so that's what we pray for, and we pray it in your name. Amen.